Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Over 5 million people play football in the USA and here to bring it to you in the raw, uncut, unadulterated is the undisputed number one sports show in Atlanta and abroad. 100 yards of football live from headquarters. It's more than a game, more than a show. It's where football blends culture, economics, and society. Tap in, tune in, and lock in to 100 yards of football now. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. This morning here on 100 Yards of Football, the DB who comes in at 185, he was a senior in 1980, a 5'11", 185-pound senior from Delray Beach, Florida, Atlantic High School, comes on with Vincent Turner to discuss the 1980 Florida State Seminoles when they went 10-2. and two. And their defensive coordinator was Mr. Jack Stanton and the coach of the defensive backs. Bobby Butler, the 12-year NFL veteran, comes on to break down once again the 80 Florida State Seminoles here on 100 Yards of Football. If you liked the video today, please come in and share it. We'll surely appreciate it here on 100 Yards of Football. I'm Vincent Turner, and joining me to talk about the 1980 Florida State Seminoles that went 10 and 2 that year. Now, before we get into this video, I've been kind of doing a lot of back channeling, asking former fans, usually some of the Georgia Bulldog fans, um, about the 80 season. So today, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna start some. I'm gonna, uh, as they say back in the day, I'm gonna get the pot stirred. There's gonna be some feelings hurt when we talk about the 1980 season. But helping me to talk about the 80 season and the 80 Florida Seminoles, he was a guy that played a main part to this football team and made no bones, no mistakes. He is one of the reasons why Florida State to this day is recognized as a top 10 program. They were nothing when this man first got on campus. But when he left, everybody knew it was something going down in Tallahassee, Florida. My man, Mr. Botley, Bobby Butler, excuse me, 
Welcome to 100 Yards Football this morning. How you doing, sir? And tell us about the 1980 Florida State Seminoles in that season. Well, listen, I'm doing great today. Um, you know, I, I, I can't complain about anything. Life is good, amen? So the 1980 Florida State football team, let me say by saying this, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Understanding um, my time at Florida State, 1980 was my senior season, my fourth season playing um, for the Seminoles. And, you know, I had the, the, the opportunity to be a part of some great teams before 1980. Uh, my freshman year, we were 10-2, and two, um, won the Tangerine Bowl that year, um, beat some really good teams. My sophomore year, we were 8-3. We didn't go to a bowl game. My junior year, we had the first undefeated regular season um, by a Florida State football team the year before. And then we come into my senior year hungry determined to have an opportunity to play for the national title. Well, remember it was 1980. We didn't have a playoff system. It was the powers to be that was pulling the, the chains, the ropes and deciding who went where and why and all this kind of stuff. Things were not fair, but so is life sometimes. So the 1980 Florida State football team, we started, we opened our season. I remember the year before, everybody was trying to figure us out. We're undefeated. Who are these guys, right? Where did they come from? And we played probably at that time uh, one of the greatest games or the opportunity to play against a great opponent when we went to Baton Rouge in 1979 and played um, LSU. Um, on, on national tele, tele, television. And so, of course, you know, we did them in on national TV. And then we opened the 1980 season back in Baton Rouge. We opened our season up back in Baton Rouge, a night game against LSU again. And we started our season 1-0 and after coming back from Baton Rouge. So we played in Baton Rouge two years in a row. And we got two W's out of that. But the team was was um, uh, was a, a senior team, senior latent team. Um, we um, Our defense, you know, we had myself, Ron Simmons, uh, Reggie Herring, Paul Porowski, Monk Bonastar, Keith Jones. Um, all of us were seniors and had been playing since we were sophomores. So our defense was solidified. <clears throat> um, our offense, we had one change in our offense, basically. And that was our quarterback, Rick Stockstill, who's now the head coach over at Middle Tennessee. He's been coaching there for a long time, Vincent, um, from Fernandino Beach, which is a little north of Jacksonville, Florida. He's a great quarterback. And so we were ready to start the season, man. And, and we started out with the bang in Baton Rouge. Won that game 16-0. Then we came, uh, opened up Doe Campbell in Tallahassee against Louisville. And, uh, and, you know, that Louisville team has some really good players, but, you know, we end up winning that game. I don't know how, but the score ended up like 52 to nothing, something like that. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, you know, you, of course you can say back then Louisville didn't have uh, any football tradition. They were a basketball school because um, Daryl Griffin, those guys were winning national titles in basketball. 
And then we played East Carolina, which, you know, they didn't have much. And um, we beat them 63 to 7. I mean, we were just scrimmaging. And then we go to Miami and we play interstate rivalry. And um, this game right here eventually became the hiccup in our schedule. Um, this was a Miami team that was a seven and four team. They were a little bit above average, but one thing I got to say about the Miami Hurricanes, even when they were an average team, they had some of the best football players in the country. And so, um, Mark Rick was the quarterback and, you know, um, no, Jim Kelly was a quarterback this year. But we had guys, uh, they had guys on the roster that were, were pretty good. Jim Burke in that game, who became an all-pro nose guard for the New York Giants, made the play of the game um, after we were down the whole game and we scored in the last few minutes of the game. And instead of kicking the extra point to tie the game, we went for two and Jim Burke jumped up and batted the ball down. And we ended up with the loss in Miami. 11 to 10. I'm sorry, 9 to 10. So we lose the game. And the next week we go to Lincoln, Nebraska. And we played the number three Cornhuskers. And uh, we've been talking about this game for a while here on 100 Yards of Football. You know, we had a great win. I mean, it was a, it was a seesaw game. It was a great battle. Um, it was down to the end of the game. They were getting ready to score. And we ended up making a play and turned the ball over and Paul Porowski picked it up and we ended up winning that game 18-14 in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's a place where visitors cannot win in Lincoln, Nebraska. But this little school from Florida State went there and we got we got the W, right? And so the next week we got challenged again back to back weeks because at that time the number four ranked Pittsburgh um, Panthers came to Tallahassee and um, we ended up winning that game 36 to 22. Matter of fact, that Pittsburgh team was an NFL rock team. That team right there could have been in the NFL in one of the divisions in the NFL and, and could have did work because they had 16 draft choices that year. They had two Hall of Famers from that group. And possibly a third one, but if you Green wouldn't have got hurt, he could have been an NFL Hall of Famer as well. And um, and then Marino was a sophomore. And they had about 50 other NFL players on that team that were not seniors. So we beat them 36-22 in Tallahassee. Um, and so back-to-back -back weeks, Vincent, we beat two teams that were ranked in the top five. And that's where I rest my case. And we went on to beat Boston College. We went on to beat Memphis State. We went on to beat Tulsa. We went on to beat Virginia Tech at Doe Campbell. And of course, the class of 1981, which was my class, we were the first class in Florida State history to beat the reptiles. When I say reptiles, I mean Florida Gators four years in a row. We never lost to the reptiles. And so we ended that season, regular season, 10 and one, sitting waiting on the opportunity to play the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs for the national title.
Now, we didn't get our opportunity to play that game after playing after being 10 and 1 in regular season. Well, Notre Dame got the opportunity to play Georgia for the national title. They had one loss and a tie. They tied against with Georgia Tech and they lost to USC in the regular season. They never played a team in the top five. Never played a team, I don't think, in the top 10, Notre Dame. Of course, the Georgia Bulldogs never played a top 10 team the whole season, but yet and still they were undefeated. And they was ranked number one and we didn't get our opportunity to play for a title. I can remember they sent us back to the Orange Bowl to play Oklahoma again. Now, Oklahoma was a real good opponent. You know, Oklahoma um, was loaded with talent. Every year you play Oklahoma, they got skill. They ran the wishbone like nobody ever ran the wishbone. But earlier that day, back in the old day, the Sugar Bowl was played at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And Georgia went on to beat Notre Dame, and we're sitting in the locker room disgusted. Because the only hope we had to claim the title was if Georgia lost that game and if we went out and beat Oklahoma that evening, right? So it didn't work out our way. But we had a great year. We lost to Oklahoma again that night by one point. We lost two games that year. And we lost both of those games in the same stadium in the Orange Bowl. And we lost both games by one point. We lost to Oklahoma 17 to 18. We lost to Miami 9 to 10 in the Orange Bowl, which is kind of almost like the um, um, uh, the night, the 2000 um, Florida State Seminoles, who uh, when Winky won the Heisman Trophy, they lost to Miami and Oklahoma in the same stadium as well. But I'm glad to see Vincent because this situation has brought a lot of frustration to me in my life, right? Because we didn't have the opportunity after playing so well, we never got an opportunity to play for the title. All we want to do is get an opportunity to play for the title. And Notre Dame went after having a loss and a tie. Like I said, never played anybody in the top 10. Georgia never played anybody in the top 10, but they were undefeated. Give them that. Um, and so we didn't get our shot. And so that's a frustrating thing, you know, not to get the opportunity. You know, had we gone to play the game against Georgia and lost the game, you can accept that. But when you don't get your opportunity and you start looking at what they had and what you had, you start putting your two and two together. And, you know, one thing about the Seminoles, we can do simple math. And, you know, we felt without a doubt that we would have won that game in the Sugar Bowl had we got the opportunity. But we never got the opportunity, and we're still talking about it today. So the 1980 Florida State Seminoles, great football team, great players, um, great defense, led by the All-American Ron Simmons, secondary, without a shadow of a doubt, the best secondary in the land. Um, our linebackers, unbelievable. 
And, you know, one of the things that with our defensive coordinator, Jack Stanton, one thing we didn't play around with, with that team. And if you watch the tape, anytime you watch a tape of us in that era, you're going to see one thing. You're going to see 11 guys getting to the ball. We got to the ball for a lot of reasons because Jack Stanton didn't play around with that. I mean, when we watched film the day after a game, and if you had a loaf, there was a punishment. Now, what he called a loaf, back in the old days, Vincent, we didn't have all this sophistication, right? We had mm -hmm. an eight-millimeter tape. And when that film go around, and if they throw, if I'm playing left corner, if they throw a go-route or a bomb on the right corner, before, before the, the tape go to the next play, my body better show up in the frame. If my body don't show up in the frame from the left corner, running to the right, running run to, to help the bomb on the other side, I was going to have to run on Monday. That's called a loaf. And so we were programmed, man, to run to the ball. And we were programmed to play with great technique because we were graded on technique and performance. And you know, on defense, you know, the ball's not going to always come your way. So nobody's going to always throw a pass at me. Nobody's not going to run a sweep at me. And so sometimes the ball goes the other way, another direction. And when it does, your performance at that point becomes running to the football. Those dogs hunt. So we, we were a great football team. Um, great, great athletes, man. You know, one of the things I can say about the offense that we had when Rick Stockstill was throwing the ball, we took Sam Platt, who was a great running back in high school, moved the wide receiver his sophomore and junior year. And then that year, we're moving back to tailback. And I think in the Pittsburgh game, I think in the Pittsburgh game, Sam Platt probably ripped their man for a hundred and something yards and a couple scores. And uh, I think we picked Marino off about three, four times in that game. I think everybody in the secondary had a pick on Marino that night. So, you know, it turned out to be really good. We played really well together. We just never got our due and got a chance to play for a national title. When I think about the 1980 season, as I always say, um, I was a junior at the University of Arkansas. And, of course, I had a sister that was attending the University of Tennessee as a true freshman. <laughs> She was dating a guy that played on the football team by the name of Carlton People. So Tennessee had high expectations. And if you remember, Tennessee and Georgia played in the opening game that year. They did. That's Georgia right. won that game by one point, and it was oh, the, that's right. the beginning of Herschel Walker. We all know about his legendary run over Bill Bates. Mm -hmm. And then also, too, that year, a lot of people don't know is that Texas and Arkansas came in ranked one and two in the country that year. That's right. That's right. And we know how both of their seasons turned out. Mm -hmm. Baylor that win the Southwest Conference at that time as Arkansas was being a member. Mm -hmm. That year, Mike Singletary, young linebacker out of Houston, was ascending at another level. Mm -hmm. What I think about the 80s season, I think about all the great players, man. Kenny Easley at UCLA, mm -hmm. Ronnie Lottett at mm -hmm. USC, uh, Hugh Green, as you mentioned, at Georgia, mm -hmm. Mark May at Pitt. Uh, wow. I mean, just – just talent of glory, man. Dennis Smith, SC. Um, but 
may have been at Arkansas. Then you had the Young Pony Express able to watch Eric Dickinson and Craig James. <laughs> but I know a little about Nebraska. Yes. Because Nebraska played in the Big A. Yes. And they played Oklahoma. And Fayetteville is like maybe 80 miles from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we used to get all the affiliate, all the TV affiliates out of Tulsa. So I knew about Nebraska. I kind of knew about Florida State from last year. Y'all had went down to the Orange Bowl and lost to that great Billy Sims team 24-7. But make no bones. I didn't even know that uh, Florida State will have, like, come back being the same team they were last year. And I still looked at Florida State. It's not being a problem, to be honest, because they were playing Memphis State at the time. Memphis State didn't have a football team. Let's be right. real, man. I, I'm keeping it real. That's right. That's right. And then Florida State was an independent. Mm-hmm. But however, <laughs> when y'all went up to Nebraska mm-hmm. and beat that Nebraska team, mm-hmm. eyes across the country got wide. Mm-hmm. And everybody starts saying, hold up, hold up. That's mm-hmm. a whole mm-hmm. <laughs> Going down in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Because that was a good Nebraska football team. Yes. Roger Craig. Mm-hmm. Under Franklin. Yes. Jarvis Redwine. All these guys were at the running back position. Mm-hmm. Dave Remington at the center position. That's right. Russell Gary. Russell Gary. Strong safety. <laughs> and when Florida State, y'all beat Nebraska, mm-hmm. that opened eyes, man. And then the next week against Pitt. See, I'm going to keep it real. Me and my friends at Fairville, Arkansas, we was up in McCann Drake Hall. And we got to keep an eye on the seminars here. Then I already rocked the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody looking, what's going on? We know how good Pitt was. You you laid the foundation out. Hugh Green played in the league. Mark May played in the league. Mm-hmm. Dan Marino, I don't have to say no more about him. Randy McMillan. Mm-hmm. Jimbo Colvert. Mm-hmm. Dwight. I can't think of the receiver. I want to say Dwight Hawkins. I can't. Dwight Jones. Mm-hmm. Ricky Jackson. Hey, throw it out there. <laughs> Mark, Russ, Russ Graham. None of the two Hall of Famers right there. Russ Graham and Ricky Jackson. And, and then the young boy that's from Atlanta that played safety, Carlton, Carlton Williamson. Carlton Williamson. But they had a corner that was, as you say, hot like dogs, Lynn Thomas. Lynn Thomas, that's right. And when y'all beat them 36 to 22, everything changed, man. I think that game put y'all on the map. Y'all have arrived. Nino Brown. (laughs) Belly. The Rifleman. Bonanza. (laughs) Little Joe Cartwright. (laughs) <laughs> Florida State wasn't no more little Joe Cartwright. That's right. 
And the thing that I get out of this, I'm not going to lie to you, Bobby. I got a lot of Georgia fans, man. Right. And over the last two weeks, I've been talking to them, calling back and forth. <laughs> and they keep talking about the 80 season. <laughs> Joseph Taylor, I'm going to put you out there, Joey T. This guy loves Georgia football all the way back to the days of the 1940s. Charlie Trippy. Mm -hmm. Anything he want to say to me today is that Bobby, he told me y'all need to win your bowl game before you step into the Georgia law because Herschel Walker is the greatest college football player. And it's no way y'all would have shut Herschel down because we go by the nickname Endurance that stands for okay. E. Okay. And he also told me Georgia beat Tennessee that year, beat Florida that year. They only beat the people that was in front of them. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, look at the dog's tradition. But I came back to him like this. The great thing about life is that you could talk about old school all day long and talk about the great players. But however, you got about look like a program that came out of nowhere in the 70s and became a mainstay in the 90s when Georgia wasn't winning nothing. There was an afterthought with this program here, Florida State, was ascending. Mm -hmm. And when you look at all the great football players that's played there, no question about Herschel Walker might be the greatest college running back ever. But, hey, man, I'm looking at Georgia overall. Even till here recently, last year, what they had 15 players draft. Mm -hmm. But you got to be respectful here to Dog Nation and to all the other schools looking at Florida State. You can't get mad because Bobby Butler, <laughs> Jamie Dukes, <laughs> Cliff Abraham, <laughs> Terrell Buckley, That's right. Peter Warwick, That's right. Leroy Butler. <laughs> Marvin Jones. Shade Tree. Corey Sawyer. <laughs> Antonio Cromati. Yes, sir. Corey Simon. Yes, sir. And the great one from Fort Myers, Deion Sanders. That's a good collection of great football players that's played on the college level, my brother. A lot of love and respect for that 1980 Florida State Seminars football team. As you just said, the great Bobby Butler enough said, to go beat Nebraska one weekend and come back and play that pit team, that says it all. Final words today about the 1980 Florida Seminars, Mr. Bobby Butler. Well, you know, we were, um, uh, you know, the program was on the rise. You know, we, we were four years in a row um, showing the nation that, hey, look, y'all better pay attention to the school because we're no joke. Uh, we had a coach who was, um, was a great man, first and foremost, but he had the, the, the mindset of going and playing everybody on the road. You know, we talk about the Nebraska game on the road, but they don't want to talk about us going to Ohio State and blasting them. They don't want to talk about us going to Michigan and blasting them. We took the road and we didn't care who you were. We wanted to play and show you guys that, hey, look, we can play with anybody. 
just give us our opportunity. Well, we didn't get the opportunity. And, you know, that's okay because we eventually won a few national titles. Um, you know, the rivalry game against us in Miami in the future after these, these years became the national championship game of the year every season, right? And so whoever won that game was going to win it all. I mean, it went like that for about 12, 15 years almost, right? And so you can't ask for anything better for college football. And like we say, our football in the South is king. But during a one period, the state of Florida collegiately was on another level. And I want you all to remember, at the same time, we were doing what we were doing in Tallahassee. The Florida and and Rattlers were winning national titles on their level. Football is king <laughs> in the state of Florida. Let's not get it twisted. It's king. Now, that don't mean they don't play football in Georgia because they do. That don't mean they don't play football in Alabama because they do. That don't mean they don't play football in Louisiana. They do. Texas, they do. California, they do. But all I'm saying, I ain't got to say no more. But anyway, there was a great era, a great time in college football in those days. And even today, Vincent, I tell people, when you see a kid run the ball in Wisconsin, He's leading the nation in Russia. You see, see a kid at Iowa, Iowa State, leading the nation in Russia? <laughs> Check the roster and see where your kid is from. Nine out of ten times, he's going to be from the state of Florida. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, we, we don't have to stay in the state of Florida no more. The competition is so high. The politics and five-star, four-star, you know, we got great three-star. You know, we got one of the greatest defensive players to ever come out of the state of Florida was a two-star coming out of high school out of Fort Pierce. Plays for the, got drafted by the Oakland Raiders, plays for the Chicago Bears. Y'all know him. Y'all know him. Couldn't get a big-time scholarship. Had to go all the way to Buffalo to play college football. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Those are the kind of players you get out of the state of Florida. Those guys who, they're not five stars, all of them, because you're going to have so many of those guys. But you got a lot of guys who can play football down there. And here's the advantage. We play football year-round. When it's cold and everybody's in the gym shooting hoop, we still in the street running, catching, throwing. That's what we do. Before we end our show today, we'd like to mention one more time this show is presented by Bet Online. Final words. First of all, I'll give special thanks to our producer, Mr. Logan Landers, for the gentleman that brought us up today, Mr. Mark Bass, for this great introduction. The only thing I can say about Florida State is my final words is like the great group Chic. As you heard the song coming up at the beginning, it was good times down there in Tallahassee. And basically, Tennessee is not a football state. It's only 6 million people. But I tell you what, my nickname is the instigator because I like that conversation. I like everybody how their hair on their chest and want to say they, they stay the best in football. I love it. And I'm very blessed today to have this gentleman in front of me 
talking about the 80 Florida State team. As I tell the story, one more time, my final words, I would come home during the Christmas holidays and being in that house on 763 Dunn Avenue, it's still there, with my uncle living in the Opie Turner. And the TV would be on in the den and watching this gentleman right here, the Florida State Seminars playing the Oklahoma Sooners. If you would have even told me, and I'd be 62 <laughs> next week, that, hey, man, one day you're going to be on a platform and you're going to be doing a video with somebody that played football at this high level, I would have said, Colleen, John Gaston Hospital, I need to call the psychiatric award. Come get the straitjacket. I would have never believed it. But that tells you that's why God is real. He's special, man. I'm not going to get on no religious rant, but that's why you got to keep them number one. And I'm very blessed and honored to have this gentleman in front of me. That's my final words here today on 100 Yards Football. And to the Florida State Seminar Nation. If you watch this video today, what y'all need to do, and today I've been kind of real honest with a lot of things on my chest. And throughout the last week, the nation of Florida State need to honor this young man. This young man could have easily went to Michigan State or could have went to Alabama. But he believed in the vision of the one great coach. And look where your program at now. Look at this team, that 1980 Seminoles. This is who y'all need to be honoring. This is who y'all need to be bringing back. My man from Delray Beach, Florida, Mr. Bobby Butler. Y'all be blessed here on 100 Yards Football. God bless. What is your favorite moment from football history? What teams and players are you cheering on? And who will win it all? We want to hear from you, our listeners. Head over to 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and leave us a comment. We might use your suggestion in an upcoming episode. Tune in daily to the podcast and watch our show live every week. We are 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.